Welcome to the Next Level Business Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane. I hope you're holding up okay out there at the moment. I know they're extremely tough times for a lot of us. And I, I hope that this, today's podcast just gives you a little bit of inspiration to keep going to know that there are better times, hopefully just around the corner. So today I'm really excited. I'm interviewing two guys that I've known for a really long time and they've been a huge inspiration to me and it's been amazing to watch how their business partnership has grown and grown. They've, they've created a hugely successful real estate agency in Sydney. And as you'll be able to tell from listening to this podcast, their success hasn't been based on luck. They've worked extremely hard to build an amazing business. Thanks for joining us. I hope you really enjoyed today's chat with Matthew King and Kieran Bresnahan from McGrath Estate Agents. Gents, thanks so much for joining us today. So boys, to kick things off, I know your story, but for the listeners out there, can you talk us through the journey of how it came to be that you've gone on to build and operate one of Sydney's most successful real estate agencies? Thanks, thanks, Tone. Lovely introduction, mate. And obviously, um, uh, yeah, we, I started as a real estate agent as a 32-year-old uh, at Edgecliff at McGrath. Um, long story short, I convinced John to open McGrath Cronulla. We... Uh, that, that eventually happened, um, and we put a uh, an ad in the, or we put a bit of editorial in the paper, and Kieran uh, read it, contacted John, came and joined us while we were still in Edgecliff, and we started working across from each other, and the rest is history. We uh, he made me laugh, so I thought I'd give the kid a, you know, give him a bit of a start. <laughs> <laughs> and how many years? How many years later is it now, King? Uh, mate, that was about eighteen years ago, seventeen years ago, somewhere in that kind of vicinity. Uh, yeah, that was- uh, January two thousand three. Very good. Right. So, so if you so you guys have been in business for, together for eighteen years, starting off right, seeing across from each other. Did you ever imagine that you'd build up the, the size of company that you have now? No. Now that you've done it, Think? would you have done would you, would you have done much differently? Uh, would we have done things differently? No, mate. I don't think so. No, you know, looking at how it's, oh, and of course. Big picture, no, I wouldn't have done anything different, Tone. Um, of course, we made mistakes along the way, uh, some heavy mistakes that cost us a lot financially and culturally. But um, I, I don't know, Kingy, what do you think? Oh, I don't think I'd do anything different. No, I don't think we do anything differently, Tone. I think um, we have made mistakes, but we've made a hell of a lot more good, good decisions, obviously, because you know, they have cost us money, but we've also made decisions that have, that have made us money at the same time. And that's, you know, I heard Julia Ross talk about there's no cash, there's no party in business. Um, so we've, we've managed to uh, run a tight ship and run a successfully profitable business, but we have, we have also torn up some money and made some mistakes. But I reckon the biggest thing, Tone, is this, is that, um, and I say this to a lot of young people that work for us today, that... When Kieran and I started out, our really our only vision was to be the best we could be as agents. And because we focused on that and being, you know, being good at what we did, and we naturally were interested in the people around us because we both played team sport and we, you know, know how important team is. So we cared about the people that were working around us. That, but there was no other vision other than just being really good agents that, that did a great job and, and, you know, hopefully made a good income for our families. And then I think what happens off the back of that is opportunities arise. And, um, you know, when we started out, we thought we'd have one little shop and, you know, that was going to be it for us and we were going to be very happy with that. And then as time progressed, again, we did a good job with the first shop and, uh, and then there were opportunities. And so I think that's been the, the one thing that, you know, while we did never have this long-term vision, we had a vision once we started in business, but... Um, it evolves as time goes on. And so it's, it's 18 years to be an overnight success. You hear that all of the time. And looking yep. back, that's probably the, 
the best insight. When you're in the minutia and you and you you know you're starting out in your career, I think too many people are too focused on where it's all headed rather than just being in the moment and doing the right thing on a daily basis. I, I love it. And guys, my job here as the host of this podcast, I just I've got to go out there and extract as much value as I can for the listeners. So I want to get a little bit strategic and I want to ask you, um, looking back on the last 18 years, a lot of my listeners out there are naturally struggling at the moment. How important do you think the partnership has been? I think it's been really important, Tony. Right? So um, in terms of when things are really tough and, you know, obviously we're, we're impacted by market conditions probably more than a lot of businesses, right? So we can be as effective as we want, but if properties aren't selling, people don't want to sell their house and there's no confidence, well, obviously our, our, our business can, can, can really suffer. Much to the point, I mean, it's funny now, we've been pretty lucky through this COVID period tone, like in Sydney, we, we, we obviously our numbers have dipped a little bit, but a little bit of support from the government, we, we've been okay. For us, I remember in 2008, um, the GFC, like we had a team of about eight agents, six or eight agents at that time. We'd only been, had our own business for a year or so. I think in the August of 2008, you know, it was all crashing down. Lehman Brothers were collapsing. I think we sold two properties in August, four in September and four in October. Uh, and, And Maddie and I were pretty experienced as well at that time. So you don't have to be a, scholar to work out we were going out the You're back bleeding yeah yeah um and there was I, I specifically remember and this goes to matt's point earlier matt made a, a big comment at the sales meeting he said look guys if we don't start selling some properties mine will be the next listing right in, in two, <laughs> right and i right after i go mate far out i go that's not going to motivate anybody right that's it i'm going home i'm going to put a plan in place and we're going to change our lives starting today and like Matt said, when things are tough, sometimes we can't see the way clear tone, right? And we, are so, we get so paralyzed by fear. What's going to happen? If my business doesn't start picking up in the next month, I might have to sell my house. I might have to close the doors. I might have to do this. And there are a lot of people around the country suffering from that now. You actually can't control what the government are going to do, what the market's going to do, what the interest rates are going to do. All you can control is the attitude and approach you bring to work every day, right? And when things are tough, you'll actually stand out so much more if your attitude's upbeat, positive, grateful for what you do have and just looking at every opportunity like it's a piece of gold. And we we fought our way out of that period, right? And that was just through really hard work and a laser-like focus on, on what we were doing that day. And that's just a memory now, but it's served us really well in when COVID first hit, we just same thing, just knuckle down and go, well, okay, what can we control rather than worrying about what might happen? Mate, it's very interesting, Kieran. Like I've been really fortunate to be able to, you know, start scale and sell multiple businesses, but you know, it's been on my own and you know, I always, you know, if you're going to own a Melbourne cup winning horse, you want to be able to, you know, go to the party with someone. And I think, that's in the good times, you know, you want to be able to celebrate it with someone. And I know that I've had a lot of days where, you know, like shit, shit's going really, you know, pear shaped and you sort of would love to be able to pick up the phone to someone who had equal stake in that business. So I really, I really love what you've done there. And I can see the importance of having an equal partner that you can, you know, go through the good end 
the bad time to. So I, I, uh, I'll take my hat off to you there, guys, because I know um, the success rate of partnerships surviving is, is not a great number. So I think yeah, there's obviously some, there's a bit of magic there. So what I would love to do now is to move on to culture. So um, in particular, I mean, you know, I've, I've had a lot to do with, with your business and I was lucky to, to, work, to work with you guys for a while there. And uh, I noticed the culture. Um, how, how much focus do you put on creating a really safe and fun place for your staff to come to work? Yeah, I think, mate, I think there's a lot of, uh, focus on that and I, I just there's a couple of basic principles isn't there Tone you know like Kieran and I treat people how we want to be treated um, we make it a safe place to make mistakes because God knows we've made more than most um, and it's a learning place it's a place for getting better it's a place for being vulnerable and actually being your, your true authentic self and uh, I think that the people we've attracted um, uh, team players and want to help each other and they understand them more than more. You know, there's, I reckon business is based in partnerships. You should talk about partnerships. You're absolutely right. It's really nice to have somebody in your corner when things are going bad. I reckon the worst thing you could do though was have a partnership that, um, you know, didn't work because it would be a huge distraction from your core focus. I think Kieran and I have been able to move through stuff by not taking it personally and just looking at the point and we can have a we can have a disagreement and then it's forgotten next minute somebody we've made a decision and we move forward so it's not ruled by committee which is which is a good thing but i think what underpins any good culture is some basic principles you know and for ours some of our principles are the more the more um by that i mean that you know if everyone does well when we started our leading agent did a certain amount of dollars well that kind of went up five or six times by the time, you know, the business had matured in terms of what it took to be our number one agent. So everybody was prospering and everyone was being dragged up uh, uh, along those lines. Um, so yeah, I, I reckon there's just basic principles that you focus on, you try to weed out, but we've made cultural errors. We've, we've got it wrong. Um, we've had people in the business that, that um, you know, that weren't necessarily aligned at times. Um, they kind of end up weeding themselves out by the time, you know, um, and we've, we've probably, as a leader, I mean, Kieran gave a great example there. It was interesting. I went in, the only thing that I inspired, which was great, uh, when I went into the sales meeting during the GFC and said, if we don't sell our house, then the next one's going to be mine, was Kieran. It actually turned out to be the, the most profitable piece of motivation that I've ever done. But I had the opportunity to write that wrong during, the, during COVID, and I took a completely different approach. And, you know, we were very clear about our... Uh, what our goals were as a team. We were, we were going to um, survive to thrive into the future and we were going to look after everybody and we would let everyone know that they were supported and um, that there was a real plan for long profitable, you know, long-term profitable business. And that gave a lot of people a lot of assurity. And I, I remembered all of the things that I did wrong during the GFC and I righted those wrongs. And I think we did a really, really good job at the beginning. But then, you know, in the middle of it, I probably, I've, like a lot of people, I've uh, solved a lot of problems at the fridge door and, um, you know, put a few few pounds on and, and, you know, there's days when I don't feel great and there's other days where I feel truly inspired and that's, you know, just doing what Kieran said before, focusing on the opportunities and the people in our business. We've got some amazing people that work for us. Matty, I love that. And I think um, the, the most successful companies that I've been able to um, work with and work alongside they, they firstly have that really, and I know that you guys do this weekly where you outline the direction of the company. Um, and you have those weekly meetings where you get everyone aligned and then they're staying committed. 
to, to the cause. And I think that's one thing that you guys have, you know, you've done that from the outset. And I think that's something that if you're listening out there, a lot of companies, the employees have no idea of the direction of the company. They don't know if it's going good or they judge how the company's going by the mood of the owner, you know, as opposed to knowing exactly where. And I think there's a, the world is changing a little bit and the leadership models are changing where they are being a little bit more transparent. And I think it's, you know, obviously you can't show them everything, but I think it's really important and what you guys do in outlining to all of, your te- all of your team members what the actual direction of the business is so they know why they're there and, and why they're going. So I really like that. And I, I wanted to move on to, to growth, you know, I think every business is almost like you're driving a car. There's times when you, you can push, you can push the pedal down and go hard. There's times where you've got to put the brake on. Over that, I'd be really interested to, to find out in that sort of last 18 year period, was the, was the growth sort of, um, you know, like you mentioned before, Matt, was it, was the growth planned or was it opportunistic or did you guys just sort of, how did you measure when it was time to go hard and time to put back, pull back a bit? I, I mean, Kieran, we, we, one of the great things about a partnership is I'm probably more bullish uh, and was more bullish around let's grow, let's grow, let's grow. And um, he was an excellent counterbalance to me to just sort of pull me back a little bit. So we were always having this positive tension in terms of when we should actually open and when we shouldn't. Um, sometimes I won and, and it was too soon. And other times, you know, I, I took a bit longer and it was still it was still okay. But I'll go back to the point you just said before, Tone. I reckon... In terms of culture and people, and it's a little bit the same as growth, it's got to be what's in it for them. So when you're dealing with your team, you know, my, another philosophy that, that, that we've got is that we want to leave people in a better place than we found them if they decide to, to leave uh, the, the business. And so I think in terms of growth and focusing on that, it is tied back into culture. And by that, I mean that you've got to be able to, what's in it for them? What's in it for each individual? So if you're um, a front office receptionist or if you're the accounts person or if you're a sales agent, you've all got different things that are driving you. And so we've got to tie that back into what's where, where they're going to be and what is it that their future looks like and where do they want to head to? And I think um, that's really important. And then you can talk about the growth of the business because a lot of the time the growth of the business is not really tied into their goals, but the opportunities that might flow off the back of that are. So we got told, you know, Johnny McGrath is one of our uh, great mentors. Kieran and I are filled with a lot of very wise people um, that assist us from time to time or that we, we sort of, you know, tap into their knowledge on. And, but John, probably in the real estate space, was the one that was sort of saying, you know, you've got to have a $10 million business. Um, this is what it's going to look like. And, of course, for us, it was too far away and we couldn't quite envisage it. That that's where we sort of blindly headed off uh, towards. And then as you get closer to it, you start to go believe and then you start, you know, and then you get there and then you're like, right, the, the, the big challenge then is to set the next kind of goal as to where you want to go to. So there's always a bit of um, planning and there's always a bit of um, just getting in the trenches and doing it and then put your head up and have a look again and see where you're at. I don't know, have you got anything to add to that, KB? Um, no, I, th- I think it's a pretty good summation, Tone. I think um, with... And, and every different industry has their nuances in terms of how you can grow. But for us, it wasn't, we didn't start out going, right, oh, we want to have X amount of agents. Then we, in three years, we're going to open another office. And then in four years, we're going to do something else. We, it was all about, okay, how do we make each agent as productive as possible? And if, and in very much in the early days, by doing that, the, the growth just was organic because people were doing well. They would come and work for us and all of a sudden their standing in the market would improve. They start doing more transactions. 
So agents outside looking in and agents talk, even amongst competitors. That was really helpful from a recruitment perspective in the early days, certainly. Um, but it was almost as simple as time, like we filled up the space we had. We were profitable. It was going well. More people wanting to come. We wanted to tap into newer markets. So it made sense to open an office in another geographic location. And then we replicated that. And we've done that four times, four offices now. You know, would we do more in the future? Um, you know, we're not opposed to that, but it would just, we're always open to the right opportunity. So we, at the moment, we're working really hard on getting ourselves into a position, into a capital position where if an opportunity was to come up, we'd be able to, able to climb all over that. Kieran, you, 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 you beat me to it there. I was just thinking while you were talking. I think that's one of the strengths of your business and any successful business where they've got that dry powder available. One of the things I talk about with my uh, clients is, you know, you have your, obviously you have your account and you have your everyday accounts, you have your tax account, what have you. But I'm big on having this growth fund because you don't know when you're going to need this capital. But the best businesses, you don't know when that opportunity is going to come up where you need that money, you know, tomorrow or next week. And I think having that agility in your strategic planning is key because sometimes the best opportunities, they, they, they come up really quickly and you've got to jump on them. So, but I'm really glad you said that. Um, so boys, one of the I was going to ask you, like you guys have been in business for 18 years and you know, I, I'm, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I know how much success you've had and, and also how much success people that work for you. I've got good friends that work for you and you've considerably changed the, the lives of, you know, many people that have, that have come in your business and are still with you today and changed the course of their, their life completely. And um, what I wanted to ask you was what, what gets you guys out of bed still? You know, I know how hard you go. Is it, what keeps you going, you know, despite all the success you've had? I, it used to be, it's funny as you get older tone. So 43 now when we started this business, well, when we started working, I was 25. Um, clearly when I was young, it was all about the money. Yep. If I'm being honest with you, it was yep. all, I was very driven by the financial rewards that came with it. And um, I, my ego was probably too big and I compared myself a lot to other agents. How was I doing compared with them? How were we doing compared with others? And that's okay. That can, that can drive you to a point, but ultimately it'll only take you so far, right? Because I guess Matt and I are in a position now you know, we probably could take it a bit easier if we wanted to. But I know, speaking personally, some of my uh, most melancholy moments um, are in some of the months where I've made the most money in recent mm. time. Yeah, because, right. um, ultimately, for me, it's about that peace of mind that I'm doing, I'm doing the best I can. And I'm finding the best that's in me and I'm continuing and looking to grow, whether it be as an agent, a mentor, a coach or a colleague or, or a partner or whatever, right? So, um, and it's funny, if I have too many bad days or those bad days turn into weeks, it's, it's amazing how, I, you know, I just want to snap myself out of that tone. Yep. So what drives me now is, is growth and, and just trying to get better. But at the same time, enjoying today. Biggest mistake I made was when I was younger, and Matt helped me a lot with this. Is but I I suffered from chronically from the disease of when. Yeah. I, when the business is this big, or when I've got this much money, when I'm living in this house, or when I'm here, then I'll be happy or happier. 
it's a fool's gold. It just never happens because that, that, that's just a terrible formula for life because you get there to win and then, and then there moves, right? And you, all of a sudden you want something else. You want something more until you can find the joy in what you're doing today and the growth in just, and, and I would suggest to all say, if people are in a sales-based environment, if you are continually judging your success or otherwise by your achievements, i.e. the public scoreboard, you're always going to come up short. What you need to judge yourself by is your actions. Your actions every day, what you do every day. Because at the end of the day, we all play to an audience of one tone. So when your head hits the pillow at night, only you, only you will actually know whether you've had a good day or not. And if you continually want to judge a good day by... Did you make a sale? Did you do this? You know, there's going to be a lot of days where you'll be disappointed. But if you actually got up in the morning, made a plan of things you wanted to do, executed on all of them with good energy, that's a great day. That's all you can control. And Kieran, just on that, do you also believe that you do need to be kind to yourself at the same time? Like not every day is going to go as planned and as per... In, you know, that you've, you know, you're not going to be able to execute every day as planned. Do you sort of grapple with being too hard on yourself on occasion? Yeah, of course. I think, look, I think that's an, it's a great question tone, right? Because I think all, um, and I'm going to say high achievers and I don't want to put myself in that category, but I think all people that achieve anything in, in, in life and in, with respect to this podcast business, I think they die with a level of anxiety in them tone that they could have done it better. Yeah. Um, and there's always that sort of, there's a level of, you know, they're disturbed with their current reality, which is why they want to get better. And they have a continual thirst to be better, which is, which is healthy to a point, right? Because you're right. Not every day is going to be a great day. There are some days where you're going to feel flat. Now you can't every day use that as an excuse and say, well, okay, I'll come back tomorrow. Right? Because if you do that, you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve, right? But your point is is valid in the sense that ultimately success or a great life is it's really a batting average, right? If we use the baseball analogy, you're not going to hit a home run every time, right? Babe Ruth, I think, is the greatest home run hitter ever in uh, in US baseball history, and I think he was one out of three every time he stepped up to bat. So 60, 60% of the time, he, he struck out. Kieran, mate, I know that you love, you know, what I'm into, the motivation. I don't know. I've, have you read the book, The Four Agreements by Correct. Don Miguel Ruiz? And it's a great book. I know this is one of Tom Brady's books. And this is something I think about every day. And if you haven't, if you haven't read it for the listeners out there, you've got to get it. But, you know, to, to save you a little bit of time, he, he talks about the four agreements he lives by, which are firstly being impeccable, with your word, which I think is goes without saying, especially in the business context, don't take anything personally is number two. Number three is don't make any assumptions about what, what people are going through or what circumstances you can't assume that, you know, people think like you do. And the last one is what we're talking about here is just always do your best. And I know exactly what you mean. I think you, like not every day is going to be go as planned, but you, we all know, and we all get that yucky feeling that when we haven't had a dig, we're a bit down on ourselves, and I, I I know what you're saying there. I think if you can if you can work on having you know a lot more you know days where you've you've done your best than you have, and I think you you know over the long over the long run it's going to work out well. 
Totally, totally agree. It's a fabulous book, though. That other one around not making assumptions, Tone, that was life-changing for me. Mate, absolutely. That's what we all do. Yeah, yeah, exactly right, mate. It's one of those things where, um, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too. You, you sort of think people think how you think, but you don't know what's going on in their world. And um, especially in a sales context, I think, you know, after me becoming aware of that, it, it, it was pivotal in, in the way I, I thought and approached people. So, um, mate, I know, Kieran, you've got a pretty big business to run, mate. So I'm not going to hold you up, buddy. And I, I, uh, I love doing this podcast and I, I love and cherish our chats offline. But I know that people listening today would have got a lot out of, of what we've just gone through in the last half an hour. But, mate, one question I want to ask you before I let you go, it's the question I ask all of my um, guests is, mate, what would have to happen both professionally and personally over the next 10 years for you to feel like you've had a really good next decade? Wow, good question. Um, well, okay, professionally, uh, we, Matt and I, have, we've only just talked about that actually. So we're going to, we want to double our business in the next 10 years. So double the number of properties under management and, and double the, the turnover of the business. Yep. Um, and that'll just be the same formula in which we've grown it, grown it to this point. Yep. Um, cause that'll be in 10 years, I'll be early fifties. And then at that point, it'll just be a case of just, you know, managing what's, what's, what's there, you know, and yep. it'll deliver, deliver me the kind of return that, that I, that I want. Um, personally, mate, I, you know, I'm very lucky. I've you know, been married for, for a long time. I think it's 19 years this year. So, you know, obviously want to be, um, uh, yeah, I'm still happily married and my kids are all, I've got four teenage girls, so I'd love to see them, you know, finish school and make a go of things. And, uh, mate, I'm just really conscious of looking after my health as well. I'm getting older and I'm finding it's more important, you know, just to, to, to manage my my health, both from a physical and, and more importantly, a uh, mental and emotional level. So that's uh, that's just a work in progress. But you've got to do that. So many of us, so, all of us talk about the exercise and that, but... What exercise are we doing for our mind? Oh, mate, you're not. Oh, I am. I'm glad. I'm glad you touched on that, mate. Because one of my principles in business is that health and how how can you maximise your health to generate the energy that you take into your business every day? And I think it's a uh, it gets lost on a lot of people how important that is. You know. Um, so I'm glad you. I'm glad you touched on that, mate. And uh, buddy, I won't hold you up, but I just wanted to say thanks again for both of you guys coming on today. It's been amazing to just you know get an insight into what goes into your minds about growing your business, looking after people and also building amazing lifestyle for yourselves and your family. So I, mate, I really appreciate you taking some time out there coming on today, buddy. That's our pleasure, Tone. Anytime, mate. It's a great podcast. I'm getting a lot of value from it myself and I've listened to a lot of the, uh, a lot of the guys that you've had on here and it's, yeah, it's, it's great content. Oh mate, I really appreciate that champion and we'll chat again soon. Good on you, Tone. Thanks buddy. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Next Level Business. I hope you really enjoyed that chat with Matt and Kieran. I know I got a lot out of it. And uh, one of the things as business owners that we probably don't give ourselves enough credit for is how much of an impact we have on the people that work for us. And I know in Matt and Kieran's example, their business has created an environment and a structure where many of their employees have significantly grown their wealth and built businesses within Matt and Kieran's businesses. And that's significant 
considerably change the lives of the people who work for them. And I think that's something that Matt and Kieran should be really proud of and many listeners out there should not lose sight of the fact that you're actually, by running a profitable, successful business, you're actually changing the lives of the people who, who work for you. So hats off to everyone out there who's hanging in there through these tough times is continuing on to build an amazing business. So thanks again for listening. I wish you all the best. Take care and look forward to catching up on the next episode of Next Level Business.